What it do, baby? It's your boy, Real. I appreciate you picking me. I appreciate you listening to me. You know, sometimes life just throws curveballs and sometimes we don't know how to deal with it. And sometimes these type of talks or discussions, you know, these type of conversations can really help show us a different side of life that maybe we thought was just completely invisible. Today's podcast is going to be about helping and loneliness. Kind of how those who really want to help kind of really have a hard time and maybe a different perspective on it. Those who are the victims, you know, those who truly need help and feel like they don't get it. Maybe a little tidbit on that. And those who think they help but never really do. Those are going to be the perspectives that I'll try to touch on today. And how maybe if looked at a different way, things can change for the better. You know, too often do people dismiss someone's cries. Whether it's using the notorious, I don't know what to say... Or it's someone who has to be, you know, they impose their own pain instead of validating yours. Way more than it should are these lines giving someone some false sense of confidence. Because they weren't completely rude and just sat there and stared. They walked away feeling they've done all they could. And that whatever happens from that point forward, it's not on them, you know, because they already did what they could. And I'm here to tell you, man, just honestly, nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, that thought is so off that you'll end up just convincing yourself you did all that you could. Let's shed some light on the three perspectives. The first one is a unique perspective since a lot of you who do go through this don't really acknowledge it. There's a group of people who are so low on themselves and where they're at in life that their presence will be perceived as help by them. Instead of trying to help you specifically, they throw some generic saying that they overheard one time and leave the conversation. And by leaving the conversation... I mean, the focus is no longer on you and your pain. And now it's either on theirs, nothing more they can do than those eight seconds, or your pain isn't greater than theirs and you aren't suffering as bad. And it's crazy because these type of approaches end up showing the people that you're trying to help that somehow they're even more of the problem. And it may not be conscious that you're doing this. You know, it may just come out and somehow, some way, you just look back at it, you know, when you're driving home or when you're just all alone trying to go to sleep and you just think back like, man, what the hell was I doing? You know, sometimes... The pain can be so unbearable, it just happens to just spill out, you know? And 
by trying to show people that you're in pain too, maybe that you know you're not being heard the way you think you should, you're gonna show them that you know it, it may be innocently, but you're gonna show them that truly they're the problem because they're trying to come to you about their pain. They're trying to look to you as someone to come to about their cries because you know no one wants to cry. And so for you to just speak about their pain so little, like the eight seconds you put to it and it automatically jumped to yours, or to somehow say that what they're going through may be something, but you're going through way worse, so figure it out because you did. It it's not tough love. It's not you trying to be there for someone. It's you reflecting the pain that you feel like you endure. And you'll end up using that feeble effort as a catalyst to show at least you have someone who cares. What about me? If this is starting to rub you the wrong way, chances are, you know, you probably do this. And it's not... an attack it's not something to look at as oh who are you to say i do this or who are you to say i do that it's just that maybe this is what people were trying to tell you for the longest and you either ignored it or the translation was never put in a way for you to understand it and people end up doing the weirdest things when they go through the most pain and they try to just dismiss it. You know, to those who practice this, you may be in some serious conflict. Your pain has now become so great that you can't ignore it anymore. But because of how much effort you've put into normalizing it, you don't even recognize it. And when I say normalize, I mean you fought to accept a narrative that you shouldn't. You knew it wasn't okay. That's why you kept thinking about it. Whether it was because you were so young that you couldn't communicate properly what you were going through. Whether it was because of pride you kept it inside. Whether it's your closest people, you know, aka guardians, significant others, people like that, doing it. And you don't want to accept that they see you merely as an object and not as an actual person. Whether you feel it's warranted because of some mistake you feel like you made and this is somehow punishment for it. You have now reached a point in your neglect because that's all normalizing accomplishes. You just end up keeping those raw emotions bottled up and crazy thing about that way of life is you never know when you're going to reach your breaking point. You're probably at a point in life where you're willingly putting your feelings last or a.k.a. the I'm going to be okay kind of people. But you're so accepting of never putting your feelings first into consideration that now you just accept that you're going to suffer and that you hope that whatever you deal with, you can bottle it up and just put the top on it and be done with it, so to speak. While they may have worked in the past, everybody has a breaking point. And I emphasize the word body because in this way of life, you've removed the mental side of it. You now have formed a life where your body is the indicator something's wrong. In a normal life, your mind is going to send warning signs. Your body is almost at its breaking point. But since you have developed a life when the body comes first, you're blind to the signs. 
and it's it it, it kind of shows you some things about yourself without even you realizing it's just the people around you see it you know because you're at a point to where you don't even recognize who you are as a person and it's just until you react in a certain way nothing's truly wrong you'll end up basing everything you go through on a certain extreme standard like let's say you've you've beat some people in the past whether they deserved it or not let's say you've done some really bad things in the past well you're going to say well i've done this in the past so if i didn't even get to that point either you're lucky or i'm really not that mad when in actuality you are and you have looked at life as such an extreme way that nothing really affects you until you hit that point. And it's crazy because that's the point you never wanted to be at to begin with. But because you went through it and normalized it, it's now a standard you live by. And sometimes that can take us out of everything we worked so hard for. Whether it's love, whether it's jobs, you know, because you can explore that work. Let's say you do customer service and you're going through something at home and you're normalizing the way your significant other treats you and you're trying to help people. You know, your customer service, that's your job. You're trying to help people, but for some reason, everyone is just rubbing you the wrong way. And you don't know what it is. You know, it's not no that time of the month. It's not no, oh, I didn't eat. It's not nothing of the normal way that people would be aggressive or angry you know it's just you simply cannot see that you are at such a point emotionally that it's now coming off on other people that may not even be close to deserving this <coughs> excuse me it could resemble you flying off the handle more than usual you know it could resemble you being quick to cry a lot more than usual. <coughs> Excuse me. In other words, when your body is close to its breaking point, things get looked at from an extreme point of view. An extremist has the tendency to make little things big. As if they have to get this emotion out. So whatever dilemma comes their way, big or small, it's going to suffice. If it's small, they'll add to the problem or shed a different light on it, hoping you can explode like they do. Because the ultimate goal is for them to not feel so alone in this type of mindset or place. So they're going to do whatever they can to find some company. Because you know the saying, you know, misery loves company. So if they got to bring you down with them, so be it. They don't recognize it. They're just given their opinion to those of you specifically please understand that help has to start from within things have gotten so bad internally that nobody can truly help until you pinpoint the source starting at the top will put you in a revolving door so to speak yeah you're making changes but you're still coming from the same spot Having the same approach every time, expecting different results, can drive you insane. Literally. Like, that practice is the definition of insanity. 
You're not insane or a bad person or anything like that. You're just too prideful to accept how much pain you're truly in. And sometimes whenever we go through, let's say, something we've been through for months or years, let's say a parent or a loved one treats us a certain way, and we've been going through it for years and just somehow we just explode. Somehow we just hit a different point that now we can't take it no more. Well, sometimes you have developed such a way of life that you can't even talk to these people. That whoever you do talk to is going to rub off on them. It's, it's, it's going to be like you're going to try to talk to whoever you can, but everyone you're going to end up saying the same thing. And anyone who comes to you, you're going to end up doing the same thing over and over again. And it's not simply because, oh, they don't get it or they didn't truly want your help or they just don't understand what you're trying to say. No, it's just you don't understand the type of pain you're in and that you helping them is truly hurting them because you're hurting yourself. And so hurting someone else is not going to register in your mind because since you're hurting yourself, hurting someone else is not going to be as bad until it ends up being more painful than what you're going through. That's the only way it's going to register is when someone's either bleeding or someone's going through some serious heartbreak or someone had a loved one go or something because you're always going to have some type of example that you went through to top what they're going through. And that's the part that hurts because you're going to ruin so many things because you're in pain. Not because you're rude. Not because you're inconsiderate. Not because you're selfish. No, it's because you don't want to be honest with yourself. It is okay to be in some type of misery. It's okay. You can't avoid it your whole life. You can't look at how much you make or... You being in a better position than you were before or you finally finding your loved one that you lost or you finally finding a significant other and everything's going well. And you're like, oh, I can't be upset. You know, I'm doing better than I ever have. That's not the way to look at life. There are some things that you have done in your past that because you didn't deal with properly, you're going to keep having to revisit. And until you accept that it's going to be a problem, no matter what situation you're in, whether good, bad, great, or indifferent, it starts from within. You have to look at yourself and be like, okay, I am not going to put myself last anymore. I can't keep being told that I am mean or I am rude or I am this or that because in reality, oh my gosh, if only you knew what I was going through mentally. If only you knew what I was going through physically. And sometimes we bring that on ourselves. 
let's say you're too prideful to open up to people. But people can see the pain you're going through. They just don't know what exactly you're going through. Well, now there's going to be so many problems that come your way because you brought it onto yourself. You think you hide it. You think you're doing a good job of, you know, keeping it to yourself, but you're really not. And now the people that want to be there for you can see it. And you're acting like it's not there because you don't want to accept you're not doing a good job. So no matter what you do for other people, it's not going to be a help. It's going to be hurt. Because again, you're hurting yourself. To another perspective, those who truly want to help, but you know, can't find a way how. If this is you, chances are you've cried yourself to sleep a few times. It's like you look at what you do and you're like, I'm doing everything I can, and they're still hurting. What can I do? You cry yourself to sleep. Crying because the pain that they're going through, you can't be there for them. Whether you're holding their hand or whether they're telling you, you never get it. It's just like you can never do it. And then you're so scared to say the wrong thing that that person ends up getting neglected for it. Truth is, you're exactly who they need. You just have to stop doing what you want or feel is right and learn. Either learn their pain to better understand how to help or learn body language. The latter will show greater results and here's why. When it comes to the people in that position, chances are you're going to say the wrong thing more times than not. However, it's not because you're incapable. It's because you don't know where to start. You'll think that what you're saying is going to work because it sounds good, but you don't realize, man, they heard that two years ago. And because you don't know who they are as a person and where they are in their journey, you're going to think that as long as it sounds good to you, it's going to sound good to them. And yeah, you're coming from a good place. Yeah, you're doing things right. But it ain't going to come out that way. Because this is what they heard last time. And it's hard to look at that. Because you'll look at what you're going through. And be like look man I'm doing everything I can. I'm so sorry I can't be there for you. What else can I do? You know when people are under that spell. It's because time and time again. When all they needed was a little pick me up. They were knocked down. Feeling even less than a human. So now, words are going to be misinterpreted pretty much whenever you say something. It doesn't matter. It's just, yo, look, the time that that beautiful sentence or soliloquy or paragraph, whatever you said, that time was yesterday. They've now reached a point to where it's time to step it up. And your best source to help is through body language. Say what you mean, then show what you said. Instead of just saying, I'm here for you, like others who dismissed them said, hug them, hold them, squeeze them, and while you're holding them, whisper, I'm here.
I am so sorry so many have left you in the past, but I'm here. At the very least, sharing body heat to keep you warm. I know it's cold out here. I'm not here to say it's easy. I'm just here saying I'm ready to try it if you are. While you may never find the words, always remind yourself at the right action, showing who you're there for. Instead of just telling you're there for them, can literally save someone. Like, you don't get it. From everyday sad spells to the real alone and forgotten, speaking with actions will bring the most precious gift of all to these victims. Life. From people depressed to people contemplating suicide, life feels impossible at times. When you suffer in the mind and out the body, life takes the darkest of turns. Truth is, mental disability is not a silent killer. It's just when dealing with it, you have to know the person before you can know what they're suffering from. More times than not, people try to educate themselves on the disorder more than the person which ultimately leads to that person only recognizing your suffering when a symptom either closely resembles or matches to a T what they read. And those are the people that, you know, are like book smart. Those are the people are like the ones who can help you if it applied to this chapter at this point in time, but they don't realize that that is only a template. That is not something you can just look at as, oh, it's set in stone. No, it's a template. Every human is a variable. You can't just look at a rule and be like, it applies to all. No, you have to adapt at some point. And on the, but on the contrary, by getting to know the person, then the disorder you'll start to see the disorder instead of just reaching and reading or hearing about it. A better illustration is when you get to know the disorder before the person. The material you're reading is just that, material. Nothing stands out or seems obvious. If you get to know the person, then the disorder, the material you read becomes an eye-opening experience. Instead of just reading the symptoms, you'll start referring to a time that person exhibited that. And it's crazy, man, because you'll look at that before you read this and be like, oh, that was just them. Now you're like, whoa, that's how I can help them. That's how they can help themselves. That's how we can grow from this. That's, and it's just going to open amazing doors. Because the, to be honest with you, in order to help someone, you must first help yourself. And in order to help yourself, you got to educate yourself. And you can't educate yourself on the book. You can't educate yourself on the material first. You have to get to know them. Because what if what they're going through truly isn't what they think they're going through? And it's something way more serious. And they just downplayed it so much and hurt the last person who sounded like they knew what they were talking about. And they just repeated it. You got to get to know them. 
Because by getting to know them, you'll understand that, okay, they said this, so let me look this up. Well, that's already all. Well, they said they're going through this. I know that's not all. Just maybe the title's all. And so at that point, you're going to look at like, well, maybe this is something that they're going through. All in all, stop thinking when someone is hurting that talking with your mouth is what they need. Until you can learn how to speak with your body or actions, you'll innocently make them feel even more desolate. You'll make them feel like they really have nobody. And you could be there. And you'll just look at them and be like, I don't know what to say. And they're looking at you like you don't realize your actions speak louder than words. So you can say a lot. It's just all you're thinking about doing is talking. Talking is what got me here. It's like the people who try to help, you know, they don't realize the people that put me in this position, a.k.a. the people that hurt me, you know, they didn't ask. They didn't search for a yes. They just did it. So if you're just going to talk and not help, then they're going to win twofold. Not only did they hurt, but they didn't hesitate. And it's understandable to look at them as, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to be there for them. That's why you're there, the person who they need. It's just you have to educate yourself. To think you already know would be a disservice to who they are as a person because they're truly going through something you don't know about. You may know a little bit about it, but until they put you through their shoes from every day, you're not going to know. Because there's going to be some stuff they don't share you, they don't want to share with you. But it could be vital information. And so, it's different. Because while you may want to be helping, you may want to be beat, you may want to be beat, I'm sorry. You may want to be there for them. It's never going to work out for you, even though you are there physically. Because all you were trying to do is talk your way to helping them. And if you don't actually speak louder than words, then there is never a time where you can look at someone who's hurting and be like, I'm going to talk to him. I actually speak louder than words. And it's not just say, buy them diamonds or a car or tools or clothes. No. Show them you care for them. Because usually, until someone does, it's never going to work, no matter what you say. And now to the most important perspective, at least in this conversation, the victims. There's no easy way to say this, but your rogue is no easy. The best you're going to be able to do is to find a way to better equip yourself with the weaponry and the army to fight because you're at war. Every day you think you're not, you suffer another hit. 
Chances are, if you're in this godforsaken position, everybody, including you, have not bound you, you as the way and the way you should be valued. You're going to have to look at how you walk and how you talk, and you're going to have to say, nope, i got to relearn it. You were taught how to walk backwards and how to talk at people, not to people. Granted, you deserve none of this. This monster that they've created, it's all on you not to defeat. It'll be naive to think you could do it on your own, you know? The person slash people, you know, whoever molded you this way, were cowards emotionally and brainwashed you to think you're only capable of making things worse and never better. So while you're going to need a lot of help along the way, the two most important factors lie on you. The start and the dedication. When you look at what you go through as a person, and you're in this position at least, it's always going to reflect depression, you know? Because the stuff you went through is never supposed to be lived through. And sometimes you can look at what you do and then not understand that I am truly in a bad place because what happened to me. And sometimes it's just your upbringing. They taught you a certain way, you know? And they've only shown you that you only can make things worse. So while you're going to need a lot of help along the way, you're going to be like, no, I don't. Because you're going to think that you're going to ruin that too. But the start and the dedication... That's where you're going to really succeed at. Or that's what's going to determine if you succeed. Let's break each down in hopes of knocking down that monster to a size that you can realize is not that big. Regarding the approach. This is the number one hurdle. Chances are your insecurities, I mean monster, has created this unbelievably strong and big undefeated foe. Truth is, you're looking at yourself more than the monster. Truth is, the monster is not some huge creature. But you think so little of yourself that the object seems bigger than it appears. Because you believe you can't do it for years. You're not even a human in your psyche. So long as you focus on building yourself back to size, this too shall pass. How do you build yourself up? While not easy, it is simple. You have to shift your focus. You have for so long focused on the downfalls, shortcomings, and failures. For so long, you have just looked at what you've done wrong and be like, you know what? I can't do it. And you're such a good person. Oh my gosh, there's no reason for you to look at yourself and be like, I can't. You've already proven it. 
It's just, for some reason, the cards were dealt in a way that you looked at all this and be like, man, I didn't even know what to do with it to begin with, let alone now that it's years later. And you're always going to shift your mind to, well, I could have done this better, even though you did great. Or I could have done that better, even though you did amazing. And it's always going to be like, well, I can't be capable of making good. It's only good enough to you, but it's not to me. And if you shift your focus to look for the why instead of just accepting it, it'll change everything. Because once you do, you'll start asking why you have to accept that narrative instead of automatically finding ways to prove that negative to be true. That little adjustment can make a world of difference. The deciding factor, however, is what you command from yourself. If traveling down this road alone, chances are you need perfection. Because you're so fragile mentally, any effort must be met with positive results immediately. You defeat yourself before you even start. It's important to prioritize improvement. Even if before you cried 10 seconds later and now it's 30, that's strength built. Without acknowledgement, that strength will get trashed. Guys, you can't climb a mountain without taking it one step at a time. You can't tackle demons if you're afraid to wrestle with wolves. These insecurities and downfalls have overcome you for so long that you're not even a human in your mind anymore. You're just either a grave or just somebody so deep down in this abyss that you can't even register. You can't expect to look the same when this ends. Now, if you heard that and immediately went to a negative outlook, like somehow you're going to end up looking worse, you're part of the problem. Truth be told, it's just the opposite. You'd be floored the transformation someone takes when they go from looking at themselves as an object to seeing themselves as a human. Your diet changes organically. You start seeing your body as a temple. Truth is, you... You specifically are nothing short of a superhero. You've endured wounds, scars, and lost a little faith, but you're here. You put on your cape, aka clothes, and go out each day trying to change the world. And I'll have you know, while there's only one Earth, there are roughly nine billion different worlds so yes you are trying to save the world just not earth but the world this is saying I like to live by you know it kind of well two really but it'll definitely help you see that your world is way better than you think one is it takes the brightest of lengths to make it through the darkest of nights. You survived some god-awful situations. 
but because you were such a beacon, the darkness never stood a chance. It's why you should have confidence you too can accomplish this impossibility. You already made it. You just have to find your light amongst the darkness that surrounds you. It's important for you to find it though and not find it through someone else or depend on someone else to find it. Because you're in such a dark place that having someone find your light will ultimately lead you to thinking that person is your light. Even though it's you that they love, even though it's about you, it's them that you end up just believing in instead of yourself. That inevitability, or that inevitability, that inevitably starts a toxic cycle near impossible to reverse. You'll end up losing yourself even more. Like when they're gone and you're alone, you're automatically depressed or you're automatically sad or you automatically need them. You'll end up being clingy. You'll end up needing to know a lot about them when they're going and all that. And it's not that you're jealous. It's just you can't be happy without them. Because without them, life goes, life goes back to being meaningless. Like you cannot mean anything in this world unless it's to them. Let someone add to your destination, not make it. Like there's things in life that you have to do on your own in order to have someone be there for you. And the number one thing you have to do on your own to have someone be there for you is be there for yourself. And you have to look, and it's not even that, what you have to look at, you made it because you are so bright. So you have the brightest of lights. That's why all this darkness keeps coming to you. Sometimes darkness attracts darkness. Again, not one rule fits all. But there is moments where you go, like for example, go deep, 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 deep in the sea and have a light. Watch how many things come to you. It's dark everywhere down there, you know? But watch how many things come to you because you are light. No matter what, good, bad, ugly, and different, light attracts things. And if you don't understand that you are the light, other people will try to dim it. Because that's just competition, basically. The other saying is love for nothing, work for everything, and appreciate you have something. That quote kind of explains itself, you know. When you start having expectations, you start establishing that you know what works for you and you know what won't. That'll be a disservice to the unforeseen rewards that lie ahead of you. Humble yourself enough to realize if you truly knew what worked for you, if you truly knew what was best for you, would you be here where you're at right now? Okay, accept that so you can grow from it. There is no growth without acceptance. You can't learn from something you act like isn't true. To grow from something, you must dissect the situation. 
Only then you can start pinpointing what may be the issue. You'd be naive to think everything you think about yourself is true. Some things are going to seem like a problem, but in actuality, it was the person you were doing it with, to, or for that was the problem. Sometimes your only issue is you don't surround yourself with like-minded people. When we reach a low and dark place, we tend to accept whoever comes our way, as long as they care enough to show attention. But you're being pulled in every possible way when you do that. You'll rarely get the chance to travel down your lane because you've surrounded yourself with instability and indecisiveness. Having a bunch of people who aren't trying to accomplish the same thing or along the same lines, you may end up being convinced that what you're trying to do specifically is ill-advised and you're better off trying something else. And because you're in such a low place, as long as it sounds believable, you'll ride with it leaving you to be pulled in directions you never even thought you were going to be pulled in. But by surrounding yourself with like-minded people, you leave yourself room for error. See, when your circle doesn't want the same thing or something alike, anytime you mess up or get hurt, they'll use that as a reason to quit. They'll become desperate to feel emboldened, so then they'll try to persuade you to do something that they're doing with hopes of them feeling accomplished. Like they made a difference. Regardless, good or bad, they'll end up convincing themselves that it was for the best. Developing a circle of people with ambition, with the same sense of direction, with the same understanding, the final product always exceeds expectations. And sometimes we'll never see it, but it'll just happen. Like out of nowhere, we'll just wake up and be like, whoa. Really? This is who I am the whole time? And it's weird because you'll do nothing different yourself, but because you now have people who want to accomplish the same accomplish, excuse me, the same things that now you see yourself in a different light. It's like think about it like this. Let's say you're uh, starting off looking up at the stars, and you buy your first telescope, and then you actually meet someone who truly studies stars, and they're going to show you, look, that telescope. Yes, you can see stars, but if you get this telescope, you're going to see constellations. Are you looking at the same stars? Yes, but because you have now surrounded yourself with a like-minded person, you now see things in a different light. That is exactly what happens to you. That's why it's important to pay attention to your surroundings. If you're, if you're around negative people all the time, whether it's your mom, whether it's your dad, whether it's your grandma, whether it's your aunt, whether it's your boyfriend, girlfriend, the list goes on, brother, sister, and they're just negative all the time. And the only time they're not negative is when they drown themselves. You'll have a tendency to end up joining that. Because it's just you surrounded yourself, now maybe not by choice, but 
you've surrounded yourself with people that want to do different things. This person wants to kill themselves slowly. This person wants to feel numb. This person wants to act like they're doing right. And since they know they're not, they're going to have to drown themselves in some type of inebriate or some type of, you know, downer to make themselves feel better about being a failure. Either way, because that is who you're surrounded by, you're going to inevitably do that unless you can show yourself that you're better than that. And you don't show yourself you're better than that by being a millionaire. No. You show yourself you're better than that by not doing what they're doing. It's hard to look at who they are as a person and be like, I'm not going to be that and then not be that. Why? Because you're looking at them, what, 20 years older than you? 5 years older than you? 10 years older than you? 30 years older than you? If you looked at them at your age, they were probably thinking the same thing. I'm not going to be that person. How are you not going to be like someone you don't know? It doesn't make sense. Now, if you surround yourself with like-minded people, you're not going to see yourself as a star. You're going to see yourself as a galaxy. You get to have your own certain type of system that works for you that people are just going to want to come to you. And it's hard to see that because maybe right now you're in a place that the darkness seems to help the people around you instead of hurt the people around you because it hurts you. Believe it or not, I know it's going to be hard to believe, but believe it or not, sir, there's probably a lot, not just some, but there's some people who don't want to be happy. They just want to be comfortable. And if you surround yourself with those kind of people, being happy, you find out, takes effort. You don't just wake up and be happy unless you've already done it, but it takes effort. So if you find people who don't want to be happy, who just want to be comfortable, then the truth will always be avoided and there is no happiness without truth. Otherwise, you're just enjoying it. Find out what it is that makes you go. Because then you can find some other people that make them go to. And not only will you be able to pull yourself out the mud, you'll be able to mess up. And they'll look at you and be like, hey, it's I. You know why it's I? Because you've already proven you got it. You've already proven you can do it. Everyone slips. Everyone messes up. Okay. But who are you to say you should quit? Who are you to say you should stop? See, that's simply what a different circle can do for you. You don't even have to change yourself. You could be doing everything right. You're just with people who don't want to be happy. So you trying to speak the truth doesn't work. You trying to be happy is a problem. Because you trying to be happy is going to force them to look at themselves in a mirror. Because again, there's no happiness without truth. And it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt because then you're going to look at yourself and be like, well, damn, am I really the problem? And then you're going to find someone or a study group or an after school program or some type of book club. It's just going to come out of nowhere. 
but you're going to find something in the interest you have, and it's going to be someone or people that's going to pull you out. And you're not even going to know it. You're just going to be like, man, you are so great at this. Why did you think you suck? <coughs> Excuse me. And you're going to be like, well, I don't know. I, I, I guess it was just the people I was with. And it's going to suck to literally just, you know, put all the blame on them because you know at some point it has to be your fault. But no, you literally could have been raised to think you were incapable of greatness. And truth be told, do you know how hard it is to survive what you've made it through? Do you not understand that you are a masterpiece and because you are not an artist, you don't see it. It's not because they're not. Find some artists and they're going to be like, what? How have you made it this far? Like, you think that of yourself and you made it this far? Oh my God. Imagine when you truly understand who you are. Skyrocket. Progress is not linear. Success is not linear. At some point, you're going to figure it out and there ain't going to be no stopping you. Some people make it out the hood. Some people turn into billionaires. But it's all about you. Like when you put yourself first, you're not selfish. Why? Because the people you love are going to be with you. When you eat the families, you know the rules. So stop thinking you're selfish when you put yourself first. Because I tell you what, when you find like-minded people who put themselves first, you're going to see that, hey, it's funny how they got a pay raise and we all eat steaks. I was, bro, I already had my DoorDash ready. But that's my boy. That's my girl. You know, that, hey, shoot, I'm not going to turn down the steak, but it's more about celebration. We ain't eating steak. We celebrating the fact that we could afford steak. You don't like this? Shoot, we'll go some seafood, whatever. It is a celebration because when I eat the families, that is what putting yourself in the right circle can do. You can mess up. And they were like, you know what? I already got it. You know why I got it? Because I've been there. I know what it's like. And because I know what it's like, oh, you ain't got to worry about it. Girl, you ain't got to worry about it. We got you. You see, this saying goes, it takes a community to raise a child. That is your circle. Why does it take a community to raise a child? Break it down real quick. No mother or father can ever know every answer you need to figure stuff out. You're going to need so many different perspectives. You're going to. To listen to just two perspectives on every question you have. Because you have some good ones now. Quite a few are just juvenile. But you have some good ones. And to only have two perspectives on it, you're probably going to fail. Unless those two perspectives, one of the two or both, 
can figure it out how to work together or figure something out that what you're asking is going to coincide with what they're doing. For some reason, not many people know a little about a lot. They only know a lot about a little. And unless you can fall in that type of lane, whether it's a dad trying to push their son to play football, whether it's a mom trying to push their daughter to do cheerleading or do makeup, or whether it's a dad trying to get their son to figure out how to work on cars, unless you know how to do what they're doing, there's not going to be much help. There's not going to be much concern. There's not going to be much attention. There's not going to be, and it's not their fault. It's just they have lived this life for years. You are just becoming a part of it. And when you surround yourself with people that look at life through this great telescope, not just a telescope, this great telescope, they realize that even though we are flawed, That is what makes us perfect. Perfection in reality, not in Webster, but in reality. Perfection is when you can find a way to be happy in the mud, the darkness. Why is that perfection? Because not only have you found a way to give angels when you're given demons, You have found a way to bring the people that you love with you. And it's going to hurt sometimes because you're going to realize that they never loved you. You were just in such a dark place that you loved the attention they gave you. However, you never did it for them. You may help them, but you never did it for them. You did it because you loved them. You did it because you cared for them. And anyone who fits that role you're going to do the same for them. You can't take it personal that it's them. You can't be like, oh, whoever resembles them, whoever looks like them, whoever does this like them, I'm not going to give a damn. You can't do that. Because even if that is wrong, that is part of the community and you need that perspective. You need to realize how not to do it as well. That should not be the first thing you learn. That's where a lot of people go wrong. The first thing you learn about any lesson should not be how not to do it. That already set you backwards. Because you just learned a way. Now you have to toss that aside because now that way is going to be negative. Now that way is going to mess it up. So it ain't going to work for you. So you're already starting backwards. So that's never going to work. So looking at yourself and be like, well... I have to teach myself how to walk again. I have to teach myself how to talk again. That is what's going to get you over this hump. Because it's going to be difficult for you to figure it out if you don't understand that you were in this place. All you're going to do is find someone else who agrees with you. No matter how dark it is, there's always someone. And it's going to be hard for you to get out because that person you're going to end up just falling in love with. And they're not trying to do no better themselves. So it just ends up repeating itself over and over and over and over again. To where now, instead of being completely out of the race, when you only have one person, I mean two people perspective in the childhood, 
Now you only have one. I didn't have yours. So sometimes understanding that you are worth it and the people around you must be worth it themselves in order for them to see that you're worth it. Things are going to look bad. But it's not bad as in always bad, no. It's going to look bad as in because of what you surrounded yourself with. Because of who you're around. You're never going to find a happy place. Because they're always going to find a way to take you out of it. But man, I really appreciate y'all coming through, man. We got another episode down. Y'all, please let me know what y'all think, man. I really want to do this for real. really want to get this going somewhere. So please let me know what y'all think, man. Instagram is still real. S-T-I-L-L-R-I-L. Facebook is real art. R-I-L space A-R-T. You know what I'm saying, man? Get at me, please, man. Because I want to help change. Y'all be easy. What it do, peoples? I appreciate y'all coming to Real Talk. Y'all taking time out of y'all's day is something that I'm not going to look past. And I appreciate you paying me that respect. So on this episode, we're going to talk about patience and freedom. And how that can be a journey that leads to so many other benefits. Life more often than not, is survival of the fittest. Whether you fit physically and you start seeing changes in how people see you and treat you, or you're fit mentally and you start seeing changes in how you see yourself and treat yourself. The former is well documented. From the countless of social media posts of weight loss journeys or at-home workouts to the plethora of magazines promoting healthy diets and gym routines. It's not hard to search and find the changes life takes when you embark on those journeys. The latter, however, is somewhat of a taboo topic. People tend to assume they know what it is and don't need educating on it. Nothing could be further from the truth, however. It actually shows how weak we truly are as a society and individuals. A reason for the ignorance is that not many know what being mentally fit looks like. For example, people associate crying with weakness. Men and women tend to look at themselves as being strong when they don't cry. And for some reason, it's to a point that we start looking at ourselves as more human for rejecting what makes us human. Like, you can't deny emotion. You can try all you want to, but you can't. That's what makes you human. And for some reason, we have now painted this picture that... If you deny yourself these human characteristics, you're somehow stronger. The truth is, just because you're not producing tears, though, doesn't mean you're not crying. 
when you're in so much pain and you start drinking or doing something to numb yourself or distract yourself, believe it or not, that's a form of crying. When you find yourself venting out of nowhere, like when someone is just talking to you and you just start getting things off your chest, that's a form of crying. Crying can take many forms when you don't let it go organically. When you fight your natural urges, there's no strength in that. It's only neglect and denial. I mean, you could, I guess, paint a picture that it truly takes someone strong to deny themselves that kind of uh, emotion. But it's, it's kind of mismanaged, I guess, is a good way of putting it. Because while you're exhibiting enormous amounts of strength, you're putting it in the wrong places. If you can just acknowledge that it takes so much strength to do that and take from that the strength and not the continued philosophy, you can truly start accomplishing things that you never thought you could. Because it takes that understanding to gain confidence. You don't get confidence from rejection whether it's from someone else or yourself. That never comes unless it's forced. And when it's forced, it's it kind of tends to be a lie. And so that type of thinking, the I can do whatever comes my way, I can take care of whatever I try to embark on, that comes from allowing yourself to be human. It's only neglect and denial that you truly accomplish. When those two toxic traits are practiced, the only thing that you exhibit is weakness. And it's difficult to see that because you think that because crying is what truly makes you weak, you're really strong because you don't. But there is no strength in that. Again, you can look at it how maybe you're strong for doing what you do, but as far as productive strength, constructive strength, strength that can be looked at and used for other places in life to get you an advantage, that's not what it needs to be. One difficult thing to accept is we let ourselves down or we stop ourselves from success. You know, the, 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 the common saying, we are our own worst enemy. Resisting reality can lead us down a dark and destructive path. It can also result in a lonely life. Because we reject the truth, we end up distancing ourselves or pushing away anybody who speaks the truth. It'll get so bad for some of us that we'll confuse someone as enemies when we really should look at them as people trying to help. It's kind of like somebody telling you, you should leave this person. Because you were so determined to make whatever you're in work, that you look at those people as enemies. You look at those people as they don't want you to be happy. You look at those people as they don't want you to succeed. When the truth is, you are being your own worst enemy. You are being someone that 
is not free from what the life that you want is truly producing in life, a.k.a. reality. When you resist reality, when you fight reality, you end up fighting people that love you because they are not in this world that you pit. pit. They're not in this world that you've put yourself in. I know it may seem real to you and it may seem real to the other person that's actually the reason and the root for this, but it's not real to anybody else. And distancing yourself from those people instead of that reality that you're in is truly going to lead to a place that may not be easy to come back from. You may actually burn bridges because you're not understanding the direction you're going in. Like, metaphorically, you could be trying to go straight, but you're in, you're really going sideways. You're never really going forward in life. You're just changing your scenery. And so the people that are allowing this dedication and this hard work to be flourished because, you know, you can't really do anything by yourself when you truly want to accomplish something in the world. You want to do something by yourself. Yeah, you can't do something by yourself. But in the world speaking, you can't do really anything by yourself. So the people who can be responsible for helping you build these bridges to go forward, you're burning them. And you can't build those bridges no more because you're not going in the right direction. Currently, you're burning any potential, you know, eureka moments. You know, like you you just had a, a euphoria and somehow you start thinking about things that really start helping you. You can burn ways to make those paths easier because you're already setting yourself back body has a tendency to know the truth even when your mind tries the best to reject it. Another way to explain it is with your emotions. A lot of the time when we live in denial, the truth has a tendency to anger us. The anger can stem from us realizing somebody else sees it too, which ultimately results in separation. A common side effect of denial is surrounding yourself with yes men women. You'll start distancing yourself from people who truly care about you or people who challenge your thinking and only hang around people who don't care and just say, yeah, you're right. Keep doing what you're doing. The key to knowing what's real and what's said to just get done with is patience. A common problem in today's society is rushing. Whether it's with someone you just met or whether you're going with something and you just rush through the process because you feel like you should be in a better place than you are right now. Without patience, finding whatever works will go from a really I'm working to a a go-to method. Doing whatever works will take you away from truly getting through it and start you on a course of who cares about tomorrow. In other words, you'll end up sabotaging your own success. You'll sacrifice tomorrow, a.k.a. either by making promises you can't keep or by just saying yes to get the conversation over with and only care about getting past today. There's a difference between getting through something and getting past something. When you get past something, you're just driving around it. You're not learning how to get over it. You're not learning how to work with it. You're just driving around it or running away from it, hoping it doesn't appear again. 
But things you encounter on your journey shouldn't be looked at like minor speed bumps. Of course, there are, you know, certain times where these things aren't exactly as big as they seem. You know, whereas in a year, you're not going to really care. Hell, really, in a month, but we'll just be for safe purposes. In a year, you're not going to remember this at all. But that's not the point. The point is to look at it as a major learning lesson. Not something to stress over. Like, this is something you should really take home with you. You know, this is something that you, you should really put in your resume, so to speak. You know, because we all have a resume. We all have strong points. We all have things we've done for a certain amount of time. And yet we've been either to better things or worse things, depending on which direction you took. But we all hope to have the best resume we can for either a potential partner or an opportunity and we show them that it's not about where we worked it's who we are when we work you know and these things cannot flourish or come to fruition when you aren't accepting these lessons when you treat these things it's just okay all I have to do is get around it that's it like for example someone cheating when you never really address the issue, and the issue is you, it's not them. Them cheating is not the problem. Them cheating is just a result of the problem. The problem is how you can't understand that because you don't look at yourself as someone worth taking serious. They don't. But if all you do is just accept their apology and think they never do it again, you're just driving around the problem. You're just hoping that the problem that you're going through right now never resurfaces. And, and when it does, you just bury dirt, a.k.a. whoever is trying to show you this isn't okay, you take them out of your life. You, you kill it. You put dirt on it. Anything you put dirt on is going to kill. Now, if you put dirt with, yeah, it's going to actually work out because dirt can be some really essential stuff. But if you put it on just to kill it, guess what you're going to do? You're going to suffocate it. You're going to take the life and the breath out of any journey you were going to take with those people. And those people can truly take you on some epic paths, man. It's crazy because we think we know what's best for us when we're really under some spell. That because we're not accepting how far back we're setting ourselves, we're thinking we're truly moving forward. But it's just the person we're with is not allowing us or this job we're in. And the lifestyle we've chosen to live is not allowing us to see the true harm we're causing ourselves. If you don't find a way to learn how to better avoid the issue, for example, it may just be your pride and dealing with your pride will help avoid the conflict. Or deal with the issue, for another example, it may just be a problem with communication, your emotions. Communication. Communicating your emotions. And learning how to express how you feel before you feel like exploding may help you in the future. It could be something else entirely. Either way, taking your time to work through it will better equip you on how to better deal with it in the long run. One big reason you may not know someone truly until you live with them is because when times get rough, they won't be able to call you back or run away from the situation like they could when separate. You have to figure it out. And when people have to face their emotions, a different side comes out. You can call it their true side. And while you're not wrong, 
until you're true with yourself, you'll never see their true side. By going through that ordeal head on, you're better equipped to handle it, even when someone else goes through it. And they can't handle it themselves. We often use poor crisis resolutions skills as reasons to leave. Some didn't even know that that's a character trait, let alone how to work to strengthen it. But crisis resolutions are basically traits or skills that help resolve any crisis. It sounds simple, but it's truly not practice. For example, being mature in a crisis is having some understanding that it's not just about pointing out the problem. It's about also trying to come up with a solution. By being mature, you'll practice patience when someone starts tripping. See, those immature will stop or stoop to a lower level than they should because they can't let someone think they're soft or some other expletive-laced rant about how someone got them fucked up. But by being mature, you'll know it's just a front and being patient, knowing that as soon as they open their eyes and realize you're not the enemy, they're going to apologize for everything they just said. But that's also another important thing. That's why you only do this for people who are worth it. Because no matter who, excuse me, no matter who it is, they're going to understand that what they're doing is going to hurt them. And that what you're doing is really helping them. Now, how long it takes depends on the person, but everybody accepts that reality when it hits them in the face because this is like, well, I have no choice but to understand that I'm truly hurting myself. And they're going to apologize to you. They're going to do everything they can to make it up to you. Or you're going to do everything to make it up to them. So trying to fight back with the same juvenile tactics that they practice will get you nowhere. And I don't mean nowhere like, it'll get you nowhere. Like, no, it'll get you somewhere. It's just, it'll get you nowhere you want to be. But when you understand that what they're going through is simple immaturity and not a true side of them, that's an example of crisis resolution skills. Another crisis resolution skill is empathy. Maybe what they're saying about you is really how they feel about themselves and how they've just gotten used to going to you to help understand instead of going to themselves or thinking about it first. That, that takes a while to understand, though. Like, we can build or form a foundation with someone that has them a thinking that we're truly all they need to come to some understanding. Like, some type of issues in their life. And instead of trying to address it themselves, they'll immediately talk to you, they'll immediately call to you, or you'll immediately talk to them, or you'll immediately call them. And you'll start training your brain to think that you can't do nothing without this person, or this type of advice, or this type of situation being handled with this type of understanding. And that understanding only comes from this person. And so essentially, You'll stop trying to be whatever it is that makes you human. And you'll just start being either a carbon copy of somebody else. Or you'll just start being what someone else wants you to be. 
And with empathy, you'll understand their path. We may not have handled it as poorly as they did, but that still doesn't change the path of, hey, we both are in pain. Some of us are much stronger than we think, and that by holding them to that standard, we're expecting too much. And that's why until you're true with yourself, you'll never see the true side of anyone else. Because you're showing with yourself that there's a line you won't cross. Nobody is lost forever, but some of us will need you to cross a few lines to bring us back. A good movie to watch to better illustrate this is Antoine Fisher. Antoine Fisher, played by Derek Luke, has to see the therapist on the ship because he's in the Navy. And the therapist is Denzel Washington, right? And now Antoine, who has a beautiful soul, but he kept getting in altercations. And any time he got into an altercation, he needs a mental health evaluation. So there was one time where Denzel had to stand toe-to-toe with him. And he's not the type of people that is used to matching his energy, you know, Antoine. But for good, you know... He has people matching his energy, but it's the fight. Denzel crossed that line, and he showed that the anger can be redirected to your benefit rather than your downfall. But that's something else to notice. Antoine never got close to doing that with him again. Never tried to check Denzel, never tried to fight Denzel again. Because it took Denzel crossing that line... To show him that just because you think you're right, doesn't mean you are. And Antoine finally started to open up. He then showed how many times someone else crossed that line and that everyone can relate to that too. Regardless of how many times, if you got done wrong or you deserve whatever happened, that needed to be heard. But when understood that someone has gone through something traumatic, modifications... And I say but because it tends to be a negative look or outlook when you start changing things. Like people say, oh, you can't change me. Or people say you should never change, you should stay yourself. But that's why it's modifications. It's not change. As the one trying to help, trying to be there for them, you know this was going to be a test of your love and faith. With each test, a new and improved approach should come with a result from each one. Here's where empathy becomes a deciding factor. With empathy, you can approach the situation cautious but confident because not only do you have a way to snap them out of the dark hole they're in or dig them out of, but you know how severe yet delicate this needs to be. Without empathy, you can find yourself getting more and more frustrated from the unengaged responses you're getting or the wall you have to break through. Sprinkle a little patience, and you may see a side of them that they didn't even know they were capable of. That's why patience is also a key to freedom. See, a lot of us look at ourselves as free because nobody's getting whipped mercilessly or we're not all bonded to each other. But that's the kind of thinking that leaves you susceptible to enslavement. Believe it or not, a lot of us are enslaved. The slave master, you ask, is fear. See, it's naive to automatically associate slave mastery with humans. 
That's not the point of this because that's what actually has you thinking. It's physical. Slave masters is a fear, not fear, I wouldn't say fear. It's, it's, it's a trait or something that you ultimately will give your life to avoid. For a lot of us, that's fear. When we're in fear of something, we truly want nothing to do with it. You know, for example, these 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 robberies that you see at stores with these guys who put who like shows a gun through a jacket, and all it was was just his fingers. Now I'm not sitting there saying you know be Superman and fight everyone you see that does that, but the fear that someone had of them actually having a gun allowed them to rob them. See, slavery starts with the mind. Fear is a main tactic for humans who wish to enslave. Whether it's jeopardizing your future or your loved one's health, fear and slavery are synonymous. Slaves are either forced or brainwashed into thinking whatever's asked of them. There's no better alternative. Whether you go back to the early days of America and slaves never wanted to band together or run away, are you fast forward to today's times of people who never left the state, let alone the country, saying this is the best place in the world? The goal is to have you think it is no better than what you have now. The Achilles heel to a revolutionist is what if. Playing what if games can leave you crippled. Part of the reason someone's enslaved is because of the lack of self-confidence they have. So when it comes to actually doing something, the fear of what if will keep them helpless. It takes patience to achieve true freedom. What is true freedom? Freedom of mind. Free from outside hatred stopping you. Free from the self-doubt that cripples you. Free from past misfortunes because you matured enough to realize the greatest teacher in the world is experienced. Free from childhood trauma that up until now have shaped you to be someone you're not. See, freedom has very little to do with money or environment. There are some people who are more free in jail than in mansions. When enslaved, it's going to take a lot more than ambition to free yourself. It takes time. Excuse <clears throat> me. It takes time. It's understandable why you want to escape, you know, right this instant. But if not handled properly, you make things worse and harder on yourself. Take a step back to see how many calculated moves had to be made for you to get here. Realizing it's vital to the chances of you overcoming. Because unless acknowledged that this didn't just happen overnight, you'll do more harm than help. These situations that you're in, you know, with a job, with a relationship, with a college, and you're in a major, you start to realize you may not want, but you're going through with it because you're trying to get the approval or acceptance of your parents or or someone else or whatever. This didn't just happen overnight. You can't just wake up one day and feel like everything is over. 
as far as this whole ordeal. I don't mean in life, you know, but it doesn't work like that. Because you didn't just wake up and get into the situation. You know, all of us were in a better place at some point. And we may not have acknowledged the true state that we're in until now. And now it's days, weeks, months, years, some of us, decades. And that's not to say it's going to take days, months, weeks, years, whatever it took to get there, it's going to get back. No, it doesn't mean that. But surely doesn't mean you're going to just wake up one day, it's going to be all right. No. But on the flip side of that, because it's important to understand everything has, you know, different ways of seeing it. When you do work hard enough and you do try something with all of your might, there will be a day where you wake up and it's just going to be different. You know, Albert Einstein once said, I'm pretty sure plenty of people have said it, but this is just a quote that I'm getting it from. Albert Einstein said, you know, when you, and not verbatim, but just something along the lines of when you want a true answer to a problem, go to sleep and you'll wake up with the answer. And that's not to say everybody go to sleep with the problem they got on a college major and wake up and you'll figure out the arithmetic. No, but you'll figure out a way to get that answer. You'll figure out the answer in a way that Maybe you weren't understanding to begin with. And so one day you will wake up after months or years of hard work and you're just going to. It's like, damn. But we're talking about without the work being applied. Without the strength to keep pushing. You're never going to just wake up and get out of it. That's not how you got here. And you'll approach each situation like this is all that it's going to take to reverse your fortunes. And until you can accept that it would take hard work to get you through, you'll end up psyching yourself out, thus making it hard to work. The amount of patience will determine your amount of success. Try your breast. Try your breast. Try your best not to approach everything as if once you triumph, your life would change dramatically. Hence why patience is so crucial, because it's going to take a thousand baby steps to reach your desires. The longer you spend on trying to make it there in one leap, the further your road gets. Sometimes when you work on something hard enough, other benefits begin to arise. For example, let's say your focus is on freeing yourself from the insecurities someone else duped you to believe in. By doing so much work on reversing that narrative, you're ultimately building emotional intelligence as a byproduct. And for those who don't understand emotional intelligence, that's like saying someone is a lot older than their age, or someone that lacks a lot older than their age, or someone's a lot more mature than their age. You know, emotional intelligence is how you process things. It's how you move 
per se. Emotional intelligence is a very important thing to value. Because some of us will meet people that may look like an adult, but do not act like one. Some of us will meet people who look young and may be the oldest person we ever met. You know, like those of us who had a rough childhood, those of us who may not have got to experience being a child. Our emotional intelligence is far more advanced than those who haven't. And it's not to say that you can't reach those levels by going through something non as toxic, but that lifestyle ages you. You may not look like it, but at 10, you were cooking because your parents were drunk or at work. Or at 13, excuse me, you were trying to figure out how to go to sleep from crying yourself to sleep because something you never want to speak of happened. And now you're 30, still trying to do the same thing. You're old. It's not a disrespect. It's not a derogatory thing. It's not a problem to be old emotionally. That's just to say, more times than not, situations that normally cause crisis for others is not for you. You've been through worse. So that's going to allow you to keep pushing through this and give them the strength they need to keep pushing. You're building mental strength that can help you rest assured that this particular example won't happen again. This cycle that most of us seem to practice tends to come from lack of understanding. You know, whether it's a revolving door and we keep failing, or whether it's uh, no matter what we try, we end up losing people we love, or we end up losing our footing, or whatever situation applies to your life. That mental strength that you're building by trying to overcome is going to allow you this example to never happen again. Now, I say allow because it's truly something that you'll have to accept from this point forward. Before now, you never really acknowledged it. You never knew it. That's why the mental strength was never known to, you know, be missing. But now that it's been pointed out, now there's really no excuse. Now it's just you don't want to. You have to allow it. But this specific example, and I say specific example because... It's not like, you know, we'll use the cheating example again. It's not like you, oh man, I said euphoria earlier, and I meant epiphany. Man, sorry about that. But it's, it's not like you're going to wake up and realize that you're weak or you should have done this, you should have done that. No. It's really a byproduct of you accepting that mental strength is needed. It doesn't take long to build mental strength. 
doesn't take much. To get to a certain point, you have horse. You know, you're not going to just hop, skip, and jump there. No. But it doesn't take long to build it. And when you do, these specific examples, it's not going to reappear as it is now. You know, like, we'll use the cheating example, as I was saying earlier. We'll use a cheating example. Just because you figured out a way to get past this doesn't mean this specific example is going to happen again. But maybe if you understand and learn how to take care of yourself better, you'll leave the person and never have the situation happen again. Or someone may have, you know, just messed up. You know, that's a whole other conversation for another day. But this specific example, the cheating, will never happen again. And it's not to say you will never be cheated on. No, because, you know, some of these truly just happens out of nowhere. But you'll never cheat on yourself. And another way to understand that is you'll never cheat on yourself with someone else. It's difficult to understand that. Let that sink in. You'll never cheat on yourself with someone else. What I mean by that is we need ourselves. We truly need ourselves. You can't deny that you need to talk to yourself. You can't deny that you need to pamper yourself. You need to love yourself. And just like in a, in a relationship when you need your significant other and you'll go to someone else for it, you need yourself for trust, for strength, for love. But you'll go to someone else for it. You'll cheat on yourself. Allowing them to cheat on you. It's kind of difficult to understand, but it, it makes sense when you dive down. When you dive deep, excuse me. By cheating on yourself, you allowed yourself to be cheated on because you don't know what signs are shown. You think they're doing right because you've done it. Like, oh, I can look past it because, you know, I did that. Not understanding you were wrong when you did it. And if you don't understand that you were wrong when you did it, you're not going to think they're wrong when they do it. But building that mental strength to trust yourself, to love yourself, to look at yourself before you look at anybody else, that's going to allow this specific example of being cheated on to never happen again. Of course, we're not talking about you physically being cheated on. But when you stop cheating on yourself, somehow, way, being cheated on also stops. Because you start noticing the signs. You start noticing what's about to happen. You start noticing even before cheating could even come across your table, not everyone that likes you deserves to be talked to. You know, I let's say I just met you and I come to you and say I like you. You know, you take that with a grain of salt. I don't know you. In order for me to say I like you, I must be talking about physically. Unless we had some encounter, unless, you know, I'm around you and I overhear you, there's no way I can like you. Even then, really, I can't, but at least I know something about you. But there's nothing. 
And building that mental strength will allow you to see that if you, you know, found a relationship off of this, nine times out of ten you're going to be cheated on. Because there's nothing stable from this. I like you. It changes a lot. Love doesn't, you know, but like does. We can go to sports and say, I like my favorite team, and they go on a losing streak. You know, we ain't liking them no more. We go to TV shows. I like our, you know, we like our favorite shows, and the next thing you know it, a new host comes or a new character comes, and now the whole show is ruined. You know, like changes. And so when you build that mental strength, You understand that liking is not stable. You can build from it. You can't build off of it. You know, let this be a tree branch. Don't let this be the tree. You also start to get a grasp on who's really there for you and who's not. See, sometimes us as people get to such a low place in life that feeling needed, regardless for what it's for, you know, as long as you're needed, it's more important than feeling better. Allow me to elaborate. Some of us may continue toxic relationships because we feel so worthless by ourselves. A more specific example is having a friendship where only one person talks about their problems. Only one person talks about what they're going through and the other person is there for them. But anytime they want to talk about something, it's usually either ignored, it's either uh, downplayed or diminished, or the other person will end up talking about themselves in a way that they think is helping you. You may see this in people who want to be liked more. You may see this in people who are lonely and value being talked at over being talked to at all. You may see this in people who misconstrued what help really is. You know, help, the confusion is enabling. The difference between helping and enabling is reality. Of course, you know, there's other things, but. It's the biggest thing, reality. When you enable, you essentially are aiding someone in their escape from reality. When you help, you show how what they did was counterproductive and strive for a solution. When you enable, you sway them to believe that what they did was okay and whether that stemmed from you not wanting to hurt their feelings or you just not knowing any better in general, And the only reason it didn't work was because of everybody and everything else but them. That's toxic. You know, you're not wanting to hurt someone's feelings. It's toxic. You may not look at it because you think you're being nice, but there's nothing nice about lying. Like, think about it like this, man. For those of us who never really had a childhood, this is going to really 
makes sense, but it's wrong to think that's the norm. So let's just revert back to Santa Claus, right? And when we believed in Santa Claus, you know, it was dope. You know, every December 24th, every night, we're like, oh, man, I wonder what I got. I wrote a Christmas list. I did good all year. You know, all this stuff. We built up so much hype, so much momentum. Some of us leave cookies and milk out, you know. And then think about it when you were told it's not true. You know, some of us, it may have lasted, you know, a couple of minutes. Some of us, that impact may have lasted a couple of weeks. Some of us may have had Christmas brewing forever. But think about how much pain that caused you. Like, yeah, it, it was great while it lasted, you know, but damn. Now I'm really messed up. That's kind of the thing about what you can apply to this situation. Because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings and you lie to them. You basically add strength to the blow that it's going to take to them. You know, like let's say a realization for them is that maybe they're really not that good like they think they are. But you enable them by saying, oh, it was just that coach or that boss or your co-worker. You just basically get them thinking everyone else is the problem and not them. Yeah, maybe temporarily you didn't hurt their feelings, but you strengthened that blow because now they're about to ruin another opportunity. And deep down, you knew it all the time. And that's why it's important to decipher who's really worth it and who's not. Because patience is almost impossible sometimes. Patience is almost to a point to where it's now seen, it's now seen, it's now deemed as only the old or older can achieve it. When in actuality, patience comes from teaching. Whether life taught you or whether someone else taught you, you must be taught that patience is freedom. When you are patient, you are free of all insecurities that's going to help, or not help, but really hurt, but help you to rush it. You're free from all the doubt that people will feed into you to make you think you're not doing it the way you should. Patience is freedom because when you truly achieve patience, you will be free of whatever it takes for you to not be human. And that's ultimately what we're enslaved by. We're enslaved by this way of thought 
that as long as we can fight being human, we're okay. And once you're free from that, you'll understand that it will take patience to get you where you want to get to. Not harder work. Not better work. You know, there will be times that applies, but, you know, once you reach a certain level, there's nothing more you can do for yourself. Like, some of us were taught how to plant and garden as a child, as an adolescent. And that taught patience. Because when you plant, doesn't matter how much water you give it, doesn't matter how much sun you give it, doesn't matter how much food, you know, photosynthesis, whatever. It ain't going to grow tomorrow. It's going to be incremental growth. That's the patience it takes. You're ultimately trying to get past whatever it is that is stopping you on this journey. important to understand that it's a journey so what you're going through is not going to be you know overcome or triumphant triumph I'm not even sure if I'm using it right but overnight with one step it's not going to come like that it's a process because, you know, it was a process to get here. So with that process to get here, it's going to be a process to get out. There are things that we do as humans that unless we practice the freedom of fear, Freedom from fear. We'll never have that patience. We'll have a fear of failing. We'll have a fear, I mean, to be honest with you, it's going to sound crazy, but some of us fear success. But because of that fear, and we're not free from it, there is no patience. So instead of it being a journey, you're just going sideways. Instead of realizing the reason why you're never uncomfortable in the house you're in is because of the foundation, you're going to continue to change the windows, change the kitchen, build another room or an outdoor house or whatever. And that is how... We can be enslaved from freedom. I mean, freedom, excuse me, from fear. Because of the fear of rebuilding, because of the fear of starting over, it stops us. And not only stops us, but it hurts us. The byproduct of hurting ourselves is hurting others will be more short with people, for lack of a better term. 
we won't have patience to talk things out with people. We'll just automatically jump to conclusions. We'll assume. And some things that are some reasons that end relationships or jobs or opportunities are truly fixable. Just practice a little patience and truly understand what it means to be free. Maybe then these situations or these issues can truly be overcome. A lot of us, because we're in such a bad place, begin to judge in a malicious way. You see, judging is not a problem. People think judging is a problem. Judging is not a problem. We all judge. It's the type of judgment. You know, for those who want to bring the Bible in it, you know, Moses was told by God himself, if you want to believe that stuff, that you need to appoint people to practice just judgment. That means have it be justified. Let there be no bias. Let there be no manipulation. Let there be no reasons to sway. Look at the situation. Look at the people. And just judge. Don't dictate or try to act like you know if someone's going to heaven or hell. Don't act like you know if someone's going to die or not. Don't act like if you know someone's going to ruin their life or not. judge this situation and judge this person accordingly. So some of us judge in a malicious way and that is we start looking at people who try to help us or this for example we look at people who try to help us and we'll judge what they're doing as fuel to the fire as reasons to never talk to them again. You know, that's a judgment. You know, a lot of people say they don't judge, but then when someone comes up and talk to them, they judge them as trying to run game on them or trying to waste time. We all judge. But when all you do is judge negatively, that's not just judgment. There is no just judgment within a couple of seconds. It takes patience. You know, that's why cases in court take weeks. It takes patience to judge. And when you can truly understand what freedom is, You'll be patient enough to work through the judgments that you have for yourself. You know, for example, some of us judge ourselves to be weak-minded. Through patience, you're going to work through that. You know, it's, 
it's something to truly understand the way you look at yourself. Because the way you look at yourself is not a skull and a chest plate and a stomach and thighs and feet like how people perceive it to be. No. When you look in the mirror, you're seeing things about yourself that may not be physically there, but because you're on such a way of thought that you manifested it to be there. You know, a better example are those who truly have no weight or fat on them, thinking they're fat. They look in the mirror and be like, oh, I gotta lose this, I gotta lose that. And it's like, it's really not there, but because they have become enslaved to insecurities because they have become enslaved to the doubt that now what's really not there is always present. I'll leave you with this beautiful quote that I overheard on social media. And one reason why I'm <clears throat> repeating this is because I feel like have anybody made it to this point I want to leave you with something that, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to leave you with something that truly is going to make you get somewhere. I want to be a catalyst with that. And again, this is a quote I overheard, so it's not me saying this. You know, I just, I hope you could be, I hope I could be the reason you heard this, just like that post was the reason I heard this. Life is all about the three C's. Choice, chance, and change. You have a choice to take a chance or your life will never change. real talk.